episode 5 of What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Not A Real Veteran Podcast. I'm your host, Will Darty. This week, it is actually me. I appreciate you, Bootleg, if you're watching, for covering for me last week. Um, I don't know what episode we're on. I think this is like 10 and 11, but it's definitely too many to ever remember again. So I think I'm just going to start putting dates up in the corner, wherever that is. Anyway, we've got a great show for you guys. We have absolutely no idea what we're going to talk about, no plans, which means it's going to be a fucking awesome show. So without further ado, my friend John Teller, my fantastic co-host. Hey, what's up, buddy? Howdy, John. You're definitely not bootleg. So you're welcome for that. <laughs> um, so since you didn't tell me before, who, who the hell is John Teller? Uh, someone in the comments will help you out. Someone in the comments help me out. I don't, I don't know if they're as competent as you think. Oh, now, <laughs> that's right. And Natalie would like to plug herself, and we will allow it. Axe Throwing Fundraiser with Spike Cohen. That's October 22nd in Oklahoma City. Formal Dinner Fundraiser for Natalie Bruno, Libertarian Candidate. That's October 23rd, also in Oklahoma City at Will Rogers Theater. And in between those fine events on the 23rd is also the Oklahoma Libertarian Party's rally against the death penalty at the state capitol. So be at all three of those things if you're awesome. And if your name is Braxton, you should especially be at all three of those things. I might be at some of those. Well, I might the make comments have left you hanging. There she goes. But uh, I would still like to know who the fuck John Teller is. Um, so, he's the father of Jax Teller. This still sounds like lost to me. What is oh, this it from? Doesn't. Sons of Anarchy. Oh, yeah. That's definitely where I knew that from. It sounded familiar, but very nice. Hey, you're still on FX. You're still not straying from the hey. channel. No, last week it was Pekka. Uh, I'm sorry. I wasn't there. No. In spirit. All right. I was there in spirit. Thank you. I was. Um, all right. Well, let's go ahead and do some ad reads because that's pretty important. We'll get those out of the way. First okay. things first, all the stuff you can find us on, Twitch, Facebook, Apple Podcasts, Twitter, Anchor, YouTube, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. The Tennessee Radical Caucus. They are pretty much anarcho-capitalists. They have the absolute purest interpretation of the libertarian principles, in my opinion. So if you're in Tennessee and you find yourself as a radical libertarian, find yourself with other radical libertarians in the radical caucus. How about you take this one, Brax? I feel like you do it better. So Tom52.com. That is Thomas Daniel Queter. <laughs> You said Tom52.com. Is that what it is? Yeah, that's the name of the website. Tom452.com. Yeah, Tom452. That's his district. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah. Go support him. He's a really awesome, uh, really talented and gifted, I'm going to say public servant, because obviously politician, bureaucrat has very negative connotations. But what I mean to say is he's actually very well-versed, very skilled in that. So um, if you can vote for Tom, you absolutely should consider voting for him if you can go to his website you should absolutely go to his website like i do i'm on there all the time that was a flying endorsement very well done and crowned by gold the third book in the royal green series 
We don't have the other Royal Green Series stuff. I don't know why, what happened to those ads. But um, go to theroyalgreen.com, or you can find them on Amazon. They're available for Kindle and in paperback, all three books. None of us have read them. Have you read it yet? I've not finished it. It's literally been sitting here for my keyboard to sit on. Mm-hmm. I'll read it. I'm not actually going to promise that. I'll I'll continue to read a few pages at a time once every two weeks for the rest it's, of my life. It's a lot like Atlas Shrugged. Uh, the important part is that you buy it. If you read it, good on you, but you know it's the buying it that really counts. Is that how it works? As long as you got an Atlas Shrugged copy on your bookshelf, you're a real libertarian. Absolutely. Same, same goes with all the Royal Green series, guys. So you need to have them on your bookshelf. All right, your turn. The Alaskan Raven is your meme plug. Actually, uh, check them out today to make sure I wasn't absolutely full of crap on these ad reads. And turns out I was right. That's how intuitive I am. They got all the memes, spicy <laughs> memes, political memes, wholesome memes, memes to show your aunt and your godmother. <laughs> they got all the memes, and they deserve your following and liking of their memes. Do you have a Thank godmother, you, Braxton? Raven. I have a godmother. Are they still alive? She's alive. Is she a fairy? She's not a fairy. That's unfortunate, man. Well, better luck. I love next her time. anyways. That's cool. We don't do that in the Protestant world. But uh, Alex Flores's mobile auto repair service, Greasy Porcupine. Oh, that's a short ad. Um, it's a pay what you feel like is a fair price service. So that's extremely interesting. Um, hopefully that works out. But hopefully if you hire him, you pay him really well. Yeah. How awesome is that? It's pretty awesome, dude. I've heard of people doing that a lot for like restaurants and stuff. Um, auto repair, not to shit on his ad. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know how well that would work. You know, there's a lot of pretty strict costs involved. Um, obviously, I hope he at least gets the payment for the parts and stuff back. You're thinking way too much into this. I mean, it's called the Greasy uh-huh. Porcupine. <laughs> cool enough. That gets two Just- thumbs up. <laughs> Fair enough, bro. Don't Fair. overthink it. You <laughs> Truth. Um, so what's been going on in your world this week, man? Uh, feels like something, but man, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about other stuff. Okay. What kind of other stuff should we talk about? Uh, what's your week been like? <laughs> My week's been dope, dude. I, uh, I've been, been super active. I, uh, had a great day yesterday. Mountain biked, ran, and did jujitsu in one day. So it felt like uh very accomplished. I like whenever I can fit a bunch of stuff in. Um, well, it's been great, man. Dude. I can imagine because I'm the inverse of that. I like doing that. <laughs> so I can imagine we get the same feelings of satisfaction. But, dude, I actually got a joke for you. I just remembered. Um, have I ever told you the blue joke before? Okay, I know I no. love the color blue. Well, there's a family of four blue brothers. The oldest blue brother, he's really big. And then in the middle in age, there's two twins. And then the youngest blue brother, they call him Little Blue. And one day they decide they're going to have a big blue adventure. So they leave their blue house and they get in the oldest blue brother's big blue Hummer. They're driving down the blue road and one of his blue tires blew out. So they're on the side of the road and they're trying to figure out what they're going to do. And none of them are very good at changing tires. So he's like, hey, y'all, listen, this is what we got to do. This is going to take us a while and we don't have all the tools we need. I'm going to go find somebody that can help us. He was like, little blue, you stay with the Hummer. And he told the twins to go find them some food. And so everybody goes. So the oldest blue brother, he's walking down the blue road and he sees a big blue house and he goes up to it. And there's a blue door with a blue door knocker in the shape of a B because it's blue. 
he knocks on the door and a big blue man answers and he's like, can I help you? And he's like, yeah, my car just broke down a little bit down the road and you know, I just need to borrow some tools. And the guy's like, yep, I can help you with that. Let me get my toolbox. And he starts walking off and he's like, wait, um, you look kind of hungry. And he's like, yeah, I am. So he's like, well, how about you have something to eat? And you know, while I gather up my tools and stuff, all right, thanks, man. Takes him in the blue house, into the blue kitchen, sits him down at his blue table, gives him a blue bowl, blue spoon, blue milk, some cereal. So the oldest blue brother starts eating it, and he's like, wow, it's awesome. And he's like, yeah, I like my cereal. He's like, no, you're not hearing me. These are the best cornflakes I've ever had. He's like, I know, they're good. Well, about this time, the twins get to this blue cornfield, and they decide that they can construct a cooking apparatus off of the wheel of the Hummer, and they decided that it would be you know, the only thing they could cook out of this corn would be like popcorn or maybe even toasted corn. Think like corn nuts. So they're also, they're pretty smart. So they decide <laughs> that it would be easier to carry very big ears of corn rather than carry a bunch of small ears of corn. It would just be a lot more efficient that way. And I agree with that. So they're walking around the field just trying to find the biggest ear of corn they can. And they finally come up to one that's, you know, bigger than the other ones. They start threshing or shucking it a little bit and... Uh, they decide to start counting the kernels. So they're literally counting blue corn kernels, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six. Is this going to be enough to feed us and our brothers seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve? 10, 11, 12? I mean, you can imagine 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. It's blue corn, which is a real thing. You've, you've probably true. Blue corn before. So, yeah. uh, you know, they're counting and they decide, man, we've been here so long counting blue corn kernels. I bet the tire's already back on and they're just waiting for us. So they start heading back. Well, this is about the time the youngest blue brother, he's kind of scared. You know, all of his brothers are gone. He's the youngest one. He's just on the side of the blue road. And he was like, nah, man, I'm going to go, you know, find someone. So he starts taking off the direction his oldest blue brother went. And he sees the blue house. He goes up to the front porch, sees the blue door knock in the shape of a B because it's blue. And he knocks on it. And that blue man answers, hey, can I help you? And he was like, yeah, I'm looking for my brother. And he was like, is it your older brother? Yeah. Is he blue? Yeah, of course he's blue. He's like, oh, <laughs> So he takes him in his kitchen, and the oldest blue brother's still just chowing down on the cereal. And he's like, oh, little blue, I'm sorry. Uh, sorry I left you there, but, dude, you got to try the cereal. You understand. So he gets him a blue bowl, blue spoon, blue milk, pours him some cereal. He eats it, and he was like, I love this. And he was like, yeah, you're right. You love this. Well, the twins get back to the Hummer, of course. Neither one of their brothers are there. So they're all kinds of confused. They do, you know, what you or I would do. They start taking off down the road. They see the blue house. Blue door. Blue door knock in the shape of a B because it's blue. So they knock on it and the big blue man answers. He's like, can I help you? And they're like, yeah, we're looking for our brothers. You know, they might've come here. He's like, is it an older brother and a younger brother? They're like, yeah. And he's like, are they blue? Kind of look at each other. Yeah, of course. They're in my kitchen. <laughs> so he takes them in the kitchen and their brother's just sitting there eating cereal. And they're like, man, sorry we left you, but here, we'll get you some cereal. So they get them blue spoons, blue bowls, blue milk. No, I'm sorry. They got them some blue cereal, but they were out of milk. So he's, so the oldest blue brother's like, man, I'll ask the guy if, he can get us some more milk. So they go and ask him and he was like, man, I don't keep it in the house, but I'll show you where you can get it. And he takes him in the hallway and he's got a painting of a dragon on a mountain. And he was like, you know, I keep my milk in here up on this mountain guarded by a dragon. It keeps it really cool. And there's this big green dragon. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's blue. And he was like, you know, <laughs> once you get inside the painting, it's a lot like Harry Potter. One of you has to keep the dragon distracted. The other one, you know, if you go directly behind the dragon, you'll see all these glass bottles of blue milk. It's the best milk you'll ever have. So he's like, the way you get in the painting is you have to say blue skidoo. We can too. They're all right, cool. Easy enough. So they do the jingle. 
blues could do we can too and they're on this big mountain with a big blue dragon and uh it's real scary and you know it starts acting like it's going to eat them and one of the twins remembers oh i better start singing so he's i'm blue i mean you remember that song right Oh yeah, back on track. So I'm blue. Dot, sing it with me. No, I'm just kidding. So the other one goes behind the dragon. <laughs> uh, he finds the milk, just like the man said. He gets it. Him and his brother hop out of the painting. All right, sweet. Let's see how good this milk is. You know, it's so good. It's guarded by a dragon in a painting. So they go in the cereal. They complete their bowl. They eat it, and they're like, "Wow, this is delicious." And the oldest blue brother's like, "These are the best cornflakes you ever had, right?" The twins look at each other. They look at their brothers, and they say, "These aren't cornflakes. These are corn pops." I don't get it. Oh, well, because everything's blue, and that's your favorite color, right? Yeah. Jessica's heard that one before. I don't know about that. I don't get it. What is the difference between the flakes and the pops? Uh, corn flakes are like, think frosted flakes. No, I know the difference and between corn flakes or... and corn pops. Why oh. is that the punchline? Uh, because the first two Boo Brothers, they didn't know the difference. <laughs> I'm going to have to have you tell that to me again when I'm, like, high or something and I can really, like, focus in. But, man, I want to go visit that Blue World. That sounds awesome. And I want to drink blue milk. That sounds awesome, too. But, uh, dude, so you know that we might be on the verge of an economic collapse. And if you're one of the two people watching right now, be warned because, for real. So the, the government's voting tomorrow to either they have to force a vote, which the Republicans are trying to block, which they probably will vote. Because you know it's all show. So they're probably just waiting to block it until the very last minute. And then they're going to be like, oh, okay, it's fine. We'll vote for it. Shut up, sister. Hey. I forgot to put her up. But um, anyway, and so, but if they default, tomorrow is the day they default. So we might not have an economy tomorrow. So just keep that in mind. I get paid tonight, man. That USAA. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> hey, hold on one second. Entertain everybody. I'm going to put sister up. Hey, put there. So I have this joke and it's called the red joke. <laughs> There's a family of red brothers. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Will's putting his dog out. <laughs> oh, dude. Okay. Um, no, hey. dude, I didn't know that. I was just reading up on the trillion dollar coin because I was 100% sure that was satire. And I was like, right? Man, that's not, that's not that funny. Right, There's the Alaskan no way our government can do something all like of your that. Meme needs. They have <laughs> My bad, I'm right. all over this shit. But yeah, dude. So it's really crazy. So we could possibly default on our debts tomorrow. Now, the libertarian in me wants to see that happen because we need to get rid of those debts at some point anyway. Um, our government needs to collapse anyway. I don't want it to affect the economy, which it undoubtedly will. So I don't know. It's like we're kicking this can down the road, kind of like Thomas Massey always says. I literally just sold all my Bitcoin the other day. Are you serious? Dude, it was like up $8. I got out like $8. Dude, but it's have you seen it today? No. What? Are you checking it's, it right now or should I check yeah, it? Yeah, I'm checking it right now. It's about to pass its all-time high. Actually, it might have passed its all-time. Hold on. Yeah, it's oh, really, yeah. really close. It, it's yeah, really it's close. Up, I sold it like forty eight thousand, and it's fifty five right now. So that's pretty crazy. But that would have only been like an extra like two dollars and fifty cents. So, and I went to Bass Pro last weekend, so I needed it. Yeah, fair enough. Anything for Bass Pro? That's different. But dude, I didn't even know that. That's not. Uh, is that major headlines? Is it me living under a rock, or is it being pretty hush hush? 
It is major headlines. I think it's just something that people trust our government enough to assume that it's going to end well. Um, and honestly, I, I think that, I mean, end well long-term, no, but end well tomorrow probably because the Republicans will cave. They'll, they'll let the vote happen because it's, it's good cop, bad cop, right? It's all theater. So they'll let it happen. The debt will grow more and more and we'll kick the can down the road a little further until we have to confront this looming massive problem again. So I need you, I mean, so the vote tomorrow is on the raising the cap, raising the debt cap. Correct. That's what they're voting on. And if they vote not to raise it, then then they will default on their debt. We will default on our debts because we won't be able to get any more money out of anything. So at that point, all the debts we owe will become defaulted, at least to that extent that we're un- over that ceiling now or Very that we need to be over that ceiling. Yeah. Um, so last I, mean, I heard because like I said, I was looking into it a little bit today. Um but I thought that they had – I thought Nancy Pelosi had pushed it to October 31st. Um, I didn't see anything about that, but I don't know. That could be. I would like to see it. Um, but, yeah, the scary thing for me is like, okay, if we do default on debts, like it's not like anybody can do anything to us, right? Like screw them. It's not like we're going to invade us and start taking money from the people. But what's going to happen is that people are going to start selling off their U.S. Treasury bonds left and right, especially foreign countries. They're going to see the U.S. dollar as no longer viable, no longer superior to other huh. – I haven't been paying attention to the comments. Very nice. <laughs> Libertarians agree. Let the world crumble. Fuck it. Let it all come down, but for real. Hey, what's up, Elizabeth? So I do wonder what that would mean for uh, people. Not much. Um, so if if other countries started selling off their U.S. Treasury bonds, the dollar would just tumble. All of our money would be useless. We basically become Venezuela in an instant. Um, it would probably be less extreme. You know, it would probably be a little bit slower. But once, for instance, if China or Japan or countries like that started selling off all of their U.S. Treasury bonds, then other countries are going to follow suit if it becomes like a big, a big movement. Because once they see that value start to go down, they're going to want to get out too. Kind of like you know people do with any investments. Um, yeah, of course. So that's that's the way that I see it happening. That's my fear of what could happen tomorrow. Hopefully that doesn't happen. I mean, I don't want all my money to be worthless tomorrow. That'd be sucky. But I also would like to see our government crumble. So if that could happen in the process, that'd be pretty great. But honestly, buy Bitcoin if you're watching this. Buy Ethereum if you want to. Bitcoin is, in my opinion, the most solid thing we have. It's limited. They're going to stop making it eventually. So it's actually going to go up in value consistently. Um, but it's basically shorting the U.S. dollar. And I think right now shorting the U.S. dollar is a pretty safe bet. And clearly most of America and the world agrees because Bitcoin's kicking ass. But mm. it's crazy, man. That is crazy. So What happens if I can't pay my Wi-Fi bill? What happens to the podcast? Uh, we'll keep going. I'll come down there and we will uh, like – you know, ghetto rig some stuff, kind of like Gilligan's Island. The professor will like tie some bamboo to a tree and like make a fake satellite dish. We'll figure it out, man. Don't worry. That's the podcast continues. That's from Gilligan's Island, which preceded Lost. There would be no Lost without Gilligan's Island. Ooh, that's taking it a bit far. Maybe that's not the debate for this show. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Um. <laughs> way to set the mood going from the blue joke to that um you just want to call it now 
Yeah, might as well. It's over now. It's over now. Um, so tell me about Afghanistan, dude. About this, the fact that the U.S. government might have known that that bombing was going to happen. Yeah, that's what I heard, and I looked into it, and I couldn't find a news article that said it as bluntly as the podcast did. But basically, um, JSOC had identified that suicide bomber. They had gotten some intel, and they knew it was going to happen. And then the news article, I think it um, it wasn't the Associated Press, was it? I can't remember. It was uh, you know pretty reputable. I'm not going to necessarily say reliable, but it surely is reputable. Uh, they were saying that, yeah, um, the Secretary of Defense and the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff knew about it, and they had briefed um command forces on the ground but they had kind of told them like hey you know there's going to be attack you know pretty imminent we recommend that you stop manning these gates and just kind of barricade them and abandon them and the article made it sound like they didn't really get into the specifics like hey we suggest you do this the forces on the ground were like no we need to keep going try to keep getting people out of here and the Pentagon did not impress on them the importance, the, you know, severity of the situation. And in the article, it literally said there was not any micromanagement from Washington. So basically trying to say Biden had nothing to do with this. He's completely clear. But, uh, and, but you know, the people on the podcast, it was the drink of bros podcast. They mm-hmm. um, at least implied that, you know, again, with that deal we had with the Taliban, as far as giving them the list of names, along with the $64 million in cash, that was kind of part of the deal uh, for them to aid, uh, help us get our people out of there that, you know, by stopping this car bombing, that might piss them off and things would go to hell even worse than they already were. So they actually had, I mean, like I said, they had intel on this guy. They were tracking him. There's literally a predator drone overhead and they were asking for permission to blow this guy up and they were denied but then uh, as everybody knows about four days later they carried out a retaliation strike uh, against a couple of civilians so that's how it goes that's absolutely how the cookie crumbles it's freaking sad man it it makes me kind of sick because it's like you know we've we've already been there for 20 years we've killed a lot of taliban members um they're violent. I want to get out of that war as quickly as possible. But if you have an idea that somebody's going to be a suicide bomber, I mean, for the immediate safety of anybody, not just Americans, but any, even civilians there, Afghanis, um, that seems like a really clear decision to make. But it really seems like our government caved at the will of the Taliban in the last moments. And yeah, of course, it's fascinating because we're not supposed to, um, you know, negotiate with terrorists. And I want to look this up, actually. That's a law. Or is that just something that we say is like a marketing ploy whenever we're, uh, you know, doing PR on CNN and shit like that? Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. I mean, code of conduct, service members are not allowed to negotiate with captors, but that's, I mean, that's clearly not the same thing. Okay, so apparently um, it's like a UN thing. It's Mm -hmm. also an international center for... Apparently, it's like international rules, it's international center for counterterrorism. Yeah, but it's it's ridiculous, man, because they clearly negotiated with terrorists. Not only that, they bribed them. And I mean, I think that as bad as the Taliban government is, um, are they really worse than North Korea or even China? 
or any of the other strongman governments that exist in this world. So I'm not saying that I support the ideology of like, hey, we shouldn't negotiate with these people. But I like how our government stands on this idea that we refuse to for so long and then just breaks it all of a sudden as if it's uh, as if everything's completely changed and it's just a different a different day, different world. Um, it's sad, man. Um, I heard that the UN uses the census to turn our children gay. <laughs> I want to hear about it. How so? Um, it's on Anchorman 2. Oh, <laughs> I've never seen that. It's it's worth watching, but they don't really elaborate on that p- part. That's just what he believes. That, that makes perfect sense. I think that's probably Maybe, accurate. Right? Who am I oh. to say? It's pretty interesting, though, how much shit our government can actually get away with, and there's just never any consequences for it. Like if the government, if the U.S. government was a human, they would have 10,000 death penalties by now and 10,000 life sentences and racked up as many fines as you can possibly imagine for breaking their own laws. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if they if we treated them like a legal entity, right, if we could try them and, and you know, subject them to their own laws. Um, but since they're the government, they literally do whatever they want and just continue to get away with it, continue to function continue to steal from us. Um, it's ridiculous, man. How do we wake people up to that shit? How do we start getting people to view it that way and, and basically keep score, keep a record of the wrongs going on here? Well, man, it's a whole process. Like it's not a, uh, it's not something you have this conversation with someone they have an epiphany and they're, Oh yeah, you're right. I'm a libertarian now. At least that's not been my experience, but uh, yeah, just, just slowly. And I mean, some stuff, jumps out like that um as far as you know one of the biggest tenets of libertarianism i guess unofficially but also absolutely is that the government's incompetent whether you think they're you know criminally incompetent or just negligible michael scott they uh (laughs) surely incompetent and it's like how do you point that out to someone well we're currently at like 29 trillion dollars in debt and these are the people that can tax you at will. They can take as much money from you as they want. They can use it on whatever they want. And if you don't think that's ridiculous, you're not just a statist. You are a dummy. No, debt's good, bro. That's okay. That's healthy. That's the problem with the argument these days is that young people believe in mon- modern monetary theory. <laughs> and they see no problem with it. They don't understand how it's devaluing our currency. Even though right now we're literally in this debate that could possibly shut down our government and collapse our economy. Um, it's interesting and that goes back to the whole like treating the government like a person thing if we were to treat them like a human um, obviously that that debt is a huge deal obviously you know that if your checkbook isn't balanced it's a problem but it's hilarious that we think government can function under some totally different laws of nature than everybody else does Um, and somehow it'll just be fine Very nice, Jess. Money is a social construct. That's very true. What do you think about buying gold and silver? So, I mean, and I'm not an economist. If anybody thinks that I am, stop thinking that. Um, And my problem with that is the same as with uh, cryptocurrencies. Like I told you, like, obviously, they're worth so much more than our dollar is. Like I don't argue that at all. My just depending on how bad things get in this apocalyptic scenario, like how are you going to barter that? Like, are you going to be spending gold and silver? Like, I mean, if things go as bad as they can get, you're going to be spending that on what? Like food? You're going to be spending that on canned food? Like, wouldn't it be easier just to barter like ammo or 
uh, things of that nature. Same with like Bitcoin and stuff. If things get as bad as it can get, I mean, if you don't have electricity, if you don't have an internet connection, like, aren't you pretty screwed with that? Yeah. Well, yes and no. You're screwed in the immediate sense because you don't have it tangibly where you can trade it right then. So you're absolutely right about that. Bitcoin is more of a vehicle for wealth. It's not really as much a transactional currency. Um, Even Bitcoin says that, which is why Bitcoin has Bitcoin Cash, BCC, which is like the little baby Bitcoin, which is made to be a little more transactional. But no, you're absolutely right. Crypto in general doesn't work unless everybody has an internet connection as a transactional currency. It can still hold value though. Um, But that's why I really believe in gold and silver. I need to be buying some because it's like, imagine you're in a book of Eli or whatever apocalypse, post-apocalyptic movie you want to see, you know, and the world's completely, you know, shattered and everything's dust and but there's always going to be people that still have more ammo, food, whatever. They still have more wealth. Um, and I think to those people, that shine of those metals will always mean something. I think that it's almost it's almost the currency from God, for lack of better words, or from nature if you don't believe in God. But it's it's like it's so attractive to humans. And, you know, I'm sure you know this, of course, but gold and silver are are perfect currencies because of a lot of different aspects of them, like their weight, how easy they are to uh, cut things like that. But um, yeah, I think that that's why even after Bitcoin, even if there was no internet, gold and silver are still always going to be valuable to somebody. So yeah, you're absolutely right. There's actually a pretty fascinating, very short YouTube video on why uh, precious metals are currency. And it's like a very, very, very like, I want to say like secular scientific, like they literally break down like on the periodic table of elements, like why, like, you know, they're abundant enough, but they're scarce enough. They're actually like, you know, the, go, have you seen that? No, but I'm, I've heard, I've heard those concepts articulated, but not from that video. It's pretty fascinating. But, and then, Go ahead. What else? I don't really remember. Um, I thought, you know, it didn't particularly interest me, but um, Peter Schiff talks about, there's a jewelry company where you can buy jewelry for the sake of, you know, you plan on selling it back later. So they're like very specific with like the weights and stuff and they give you certificates. Uh, so you buy jewelry, but uh, it's also an investment. But like I was saying, like, do I think it's worth more than a dollar? Absolutely. But stuff that's easier to barter. I've been buying um, weapons. What you got there? Uh, that's my. Novel. Oh, that's your that's your Taurus. Yeah. Lots of water. Um, you can buy five oh, yeah. gallon buckets of like rice. Um, because some like you know, so just I've been knives buying stuff that you would want after you know your money's worthless, but you know. Um I also had That's a pretty a fascinating idea um thinking Book of Eli hmm. about pornographic magazines. If you <laughs> tear you told out me this before. Yeah, tear out the pages, laminate them. Because you could get like a meal for just you know, one page of uh, J O M, you know, you could get a whole meal, meal, maybe like a magazine worth of, <laughs> bullets, um, you know, and it's very light. So, I mean, you could very easily transported. Did you, um, did you come up with that idea yourself or did you? Yeah, no, money? no, that's a hundred percent. That's trademarked. No one else that's can do that, but that was my fucking idea. smart, bro. I would, I would go ahead and take that route. Um, men will still be lustful for pornography in the, post-apocalyptic world. So I think that you've got a pretty solid bet there. Um, huh. Maybe the Veteran Caucus should invest in our own laminated pornographic post-apocalyptic material. 
I will uh, give them my permission to do that. Uh, <laughs> oh, dude. Man, have you we ever heard we of... talked enough. I know. Well, that was kind of the idea, so we have more to talk about now. But True. Have you ever heard of Zachariah Sitchin? Uh, I have not. He was a linguist, and I'm pretty sure he's the one that wrote that uh, real wacky book about uh, Christianity being a fertility cult that huh. like mushrooms and stuff. Pretty interesting yeah. stuff, but he was a really, really, really Oh, yeah. No, I've totally seen him. He's on, yeah. he's been on Joe Rogan before. I don't know. He's not been on. I think he's been dead for quite a while. Like he would be, uh, he wrote his books in like the seventies. So if he's alive, he's awful old, but I don't think he's alive, but he also translated a bunch of, uh, Sumerian tablets. And, um, he said, and this sounds culty, but as far as I know, he didn't have like an actual organization behind him, just people that read his books. But, uh, he said that humans were, he said, according to these, you know, Sumerian tablets, humans were basically created by aliens they mixed like either their DNA or some other DNA with like the DNA of lower primates and uh, made humans uh, for the purpose of mining gold because they needed gold on their home planet of Nibiru, which is, I think it's Nibiru anyways. Um, but it's actually like kind of fascinating because this planet they have found, it's one of those that has like a weird, like elliptical orbit to where it comes through our solar system, like once every 10,000 years. Huh. So um, it's one of those like weird things like, you know, I'm starting to sound like Alex Jones. Thank you so much, Nick. <laughs> You're a swell guy. But, uh, uh, but you know, apparently I think some people, I think Bill Gates had the idea. You can somehow spray gold into the atmosphere and it, uh, I don't know, for like cloud seeding or maybe you're supposed to reflect like cosmic rays. But uh hmm. Not saying I believe any of it, but it's interesting. And but people say that's why it's so. It's like bred into us. It's programmed into us. Our lust for gold. That's fascinating. I think based on what you just said, and I, I know I've heard that whole thing described before, but I feel like it was on a Joe Rogan podcast. Have you seen oh, that? Yeah. One? Oh yeah, for sure. Where do you think I'm getting this from? I'm just saying he wasn't the guest. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm just saying he wasn't the guest. But yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's the guy who wrote that book. It's not. Um, it's not Graham Hancock, but it was the young guy. Who wrote the book? Brian Moriescu or something like that. Yeah, about all the religions. Immortality key, exactly. Okay. Anyway, um, that's freaking fascinating, dude. But I think I, I favor the logical uh, periodic table of elements argument a lot better. That it just has all the characteristics that we could use for currency. It has the scarcity. That's really important, right? Um, it's shiny. It's beautiful. So it is. I mean, salt was used as currency for a very long time. Lots of wars were fought over salt. That's where the word salary comes from. That S-A-L, that's the Latin prefix. Sol means salt. No shit. Yeah, like salinity, of course. Are you serious? Yeah, because, I mean, I think it was like maybe the Romans. That's that's how they paid their troops. I mean, I know they actually had currency, but, and obviously, yeah, a lot of wars have been fought over salt. So that one comes close. Yeah, that one comes close, but it's not as viable as precious metals. Well, I'm definitely in the ammunition game as hard as possible right now. I've been just watching prices and stuff, and basically trying to not buy the cheapest shit, but trying to find like I can find in brass. That's actually good. Um, but for pretty cheap, like wholesale prices or, you know, bulk prices, I think that's the best way to go because first of all, worst case scenario, I can use it. Second to that, I can sell it to people. And then third case, worst case, you know, absolute worst case, I can murder them with it and then take their money. So just all around ammo, I feel like is the best deal. So if our government collapses, um, is it safe to assume you'll still be voting for Natalie Bruno? Um, if our government collapses, Natalie Bruno will be a warlord running that shit 
she will be the one holding everything together with brute force because that is who Natalie is. So I will not be voting for her. Hopefully she will let me work for her and not make me like a slave or something shitty. But yeah, we'll all be working for Natalie Bruno if the government collapses. So just be prepared for that. All right. I'm on the discord. That's true. Cool. Um, huh? Yeah, man. So what about, so you got, you got food stores? No, not, not very good. I mean, I do kind of keep what I can. I've been saying I was going to get better about it for a long time. You can buy, I think they're like $55, those five gallon buckets of rice. And, you know, they're, they claim to be good. Like the shelf life supposed to be like 30 years, but they're still edible sure. after that. Sure. Um, but cause I mean, you just want to have those bases covered, you know what I mean? Some water purification, water would be very hard to get. And even if you could get it, it'd be really hard to make it safe. Um, but yeah, I think you need to have those bases covered stuff. You have to have to survive. And then after that, you know, stuff to barter, but yeah, I mean, obviously it depends on, I don't know really what to expect. Yeah. That's a good question, man. I'm going to, I'm going to bug out probably. I want to get the hell out of the city. That's for sure. Cause yeah, I don't want to have to protect all that shit, but I've been looking a lot at Patriot meals. MREs would be awesome. Of course, but MREs aren't efficient. They're heavy. They're bulky. Um, and they don't even have that crazy long of a shelf life, but like dehydrated food, man, you can buy a lot of, you can buy like a year's worth, you know, at a time dehydrated food. Um, I don't care if I'm starving, I'll eat that shit for sure. So I'm going to look into that actually. Maybe we can get Patriot, Patriot meals to be a sponsor. Dude, I've been saying for a while, the LP needs a doomsday caucus. Why don't you fucking start one? Uh, who has the time? I've got that veterans caucus thing. <laughs> we're keeping Very you busy involved. enough dude we've got some good stuff coming down the pipeline man i wish you would have been at the meeting last night but uh it's gonna be freaking sick um getting the balls rolling man i've not seen happy gilmore in a while so i don't <laughs> get the reference. i do get the reference but that also has been a long time man that's classic though Man, I wonder, Nick, how far are you in Rescue Me? What season are you sitting at? Oh, we don't have I to for- wait for his answer. I mean, we- no, I know. I forgot what I was going to ask you about, though. I had something in mind, but um, the Doomsday Caucus thing really distracted me. I think that's a fantastic idea. Well, you know, we like, because we always talk about how we, you know, how can we stop the government from being overly tyrannical now? Oh, big mistake. Huge. <laughs> uh-huh. um you know we are you know we try to decide how can we stop them from you know just grossly overstepping now well how are you sure. going to stop them you know after you know shit hits the fan and the fans broken and everything's just complete and total chaos um how are you going to make sure liberty wins then sure it's a good that's a good point man i think that's something what, we should talk about what comes from the ashes could you know definitely be worse than what we have now True. That's what, uh, you know, I talk about this a lot. I've kind of just, this concept has dawned on me in the last few months, but libertarianism has to be constantly vigilant, like at all times in every country, every place in the world, there's never going to be a libertarian society where it's like, all right, cool guys. We won. We can relax. Government's gone. Everything's peaceful. There will always be somebody vying for more power, trying to control their neighbor, trying to take things from other people. So libertarianism is basically like, yeah, constant vigilantism against thirst for power it's somebody saying uh hey you can't do that at all times it's like the defense attorneys of of humanity um that's what we are 
Where it's like so, the Jedi's of Earth. I like that even better. Way way better than defense attorneys. That's fucking awesome. That'd be a good caucus too. What would you call it? The Jedi uh, caucus? Star Wars caucus, yeah. Star Wars caucus? Um I'm surprised it doesn't exist, to be honest with you. It might. But you don't know that it doesn't. That's true. I feel like I would know if it did though. Well, I mean they have the religion. You knew that, right? What? Yeah, they're like what is it called? Not Jediism, but Jedi is a recognized religion. Huh. That's fascinating. So Angela McCardle was asking about this about this church that used to exist in the seventies that was a libertarianism church. And I feel like we need to do that again. And there's somebody in Texas who's supposedly starting something kind of like, oh, shit. Really? Star Wars Caucus exists. Of course it fucking does. <laughs> That's kind of what I was saying. Um, okay. But, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the religion. So I've talked to you about this. You weren't interested in helping me because you told me you'd get excommunicated. But apparently somebody's already doing it. So they're making a church of libertarianism. That way we can be like, nope, it's against my religion to pay taxes. It's against my religion to not smoke pot or trip LSD or whatever I fucking want to do. This is part of my religion. And honestly, who can define what religion is and what's spiritual and what's not spiritual in that realm? Nobody's going to argue with that. But you don't want to be a pastor of the new church. Um, well, as much as I enjoy smoking pot and eating LSDs and, uh, all the orgies, whatever else you mentioned, (laughs) um, what was that list? Run that list by me again. Yeah. I think, I think orgies was in there somewhere. Sure. Yeah. It's kind of the same conversation we're having about like anarchism and voting and all that stuff. It's kind of like, well, why I shouldn't have to you know, abandon my religion or come up. I shouldn't have to come up with a loophole to be free. And I'm a very principled person and you're not, and that's all right, but I shouldn't have to find these <laughs> loopholes approved by the government in order to live my life the way I want to. Shouldn't should have to vote. To do that. Shouldn't have to vote to change things. You're right. So we should just uh, lay down, get in the fetal position and ask our principles to save us from the impeding doom. Cause that's how that works. If my vote would help me, I'll vote. Um, well, it's getting there. So Tyler Smith, who I love, by the way, you know, we've had him on the show before. Or we've had him on Not A Real Libertarian. We're going to have him on Not A Real Veteran one of these days. But uh, he's an Air Force vet. But he posted a status kind of bashing Larry Sharp. And uh, I Whoa. love Larry Sharp. He's not He's not the perfect libertarian. Don't get me wrong. You know, he's a little more moderate than I am. But so I'm, I'm the perfect libertarian. I'm the standard. But he was saying that basically he's lost too many times. You know what I mean? You can't lose this many times and still be a successful candidate. Mm. I'm like, okay, well, one, you know, who would you choose better for New York governor than him? And nobody in the comments had like a good answer of an actual person. But the thing is, it's like, no, no, no. If good candidates were the solution to libertarians winning elections, we would have won a long, long, long time ago. With Ron Paul, with, you know, Gary Johnson, with a lot of people. We've had a lot of fucking great candidates. Joe Exotic. with Joe Exotic, precisely. It's our job to change the culture and to get the voters there to show up for him. It's not just Larry Sharp's job to, oh, if if we don't have, you know, 30% vote, then Larry Sharp must be a shitty candidate. No, 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 no. We haven't done the groundwork. We have a long way to go. And to blame that on Larry Sharp 
to me is mind boggling. Tyler, I love you if you're watching this. I disagree with this state or that that stance, but um, anyway. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Thomas Queter as governor of New York, but but yeah, also I'm a ginormous fan of Larry Sharp. Yeah, I think I love Tom, and I think they would both do a fantastic job in the leadership ability. I think Larry's definitely got the uh, charisma, though, you know, to make it happen. What if Tom was the lieutenant governor? That would be awesome. Lieutenant Dan. You call him Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> oh, man. Too good. Too perfect. Um, But, yeah, but, you know, it's like Michael Malice said, wasn't the whole point of this country that you're not ruled over by people you don't want ruling over you. Mm. So if you go to the ballot box and you vote for Natalie Bruno, but you get Republican so-and-so, what is the point? You're right, man. We will get to that. We will get to that understanding eventually. Someday humankind will understand how wrong that principle is, but we're so far away from there that we still have to fight for that ballot box in the meantime to get to that point so that the people who are in charge understand that point so that the people who are in charge speak on behalf of that point so that everybody can understand it someday. Um, so it's part of the process. So are we, here's the thing, right? Objectively, libertarians, Democrats and Republicans are going to be more free, even if they lose an election to a libertarian. Actually, that's a great argument. Let's talk about that for a second. Would Democrats and Republicans be more or less free if a libertarian that they didn't vote for won an election? Bro, of course they would be more free, but they don't even care about that. That's something we're losing on right now. Not so is that, hopeless. is that taking their freedom away then, right? Because if they want to be ruled and we're saying, no, you can't be, I mean, is, are we making them more or less free through that process? I mean, we're always making them more free, but, you know, I was having a, you know, discussion with um, a good friend of mine on Facebook who's a Republican and he was talking about why he loves Trump. And I was trying to explain to him how, you know, he was talking about like the Second Amendment, this, that and the other stuff. And I was trying to explain to him how Joe Jorgensen, yeah, was a much better champion for the Second Amendment than Donald Trump. And he was like, well, I'm still, you know, happy voting for Donald Trump because, you know, at least he's going to win. So it's like a game. You know what I mean? Like, why would I vote for the better candidate if they're not going to win? Which, sure. you know, I don't agree with that. You know, obviously, I think that's backwards. And um, I guess Donald Trump, you know, should be ruling the country right now. I think someone stole the votes from him. Uh, there's some stuff in the news. I'm not really sure. But Jessica's right about having to be sure our candidates are as principled as we all hope they are. She has great takes, doesn't she? For Yeah, I was just reading that out for the audio listeners, by the way. Um, hmm. Hold on, I want to hear this argument. They'd be more free, but they'd be sour that they lost. So they'd criticize the libertarian winner, even though they'd have more rights than they originally had. True. Um, definitely, they would have more rights, but it's just this question of, do people have the right to want to be ruled or to choose their own leadership and their own oppressors if they want to be oppressed? People really, who need leaders aren't qualified to choose them. Who said that? I just did. John Teller. <laughs> no. uh, uh, I heard that from Michael Malice. I'm happy given that I don't think I've heard him uh, give that quote to anybody else. So if he did, I'm sorry. It's but, definitely somebody else, but I'm going to look it up right now because it's going to eat at me for a while. Uh, say it again. People who need leaders aren't qualified to choose them. Oh, it just says Michael Malice. I could have sworn that I've heard that from somebody else before, but that's awesome, dude. I love that guy. He's awesome. Well, and you know, but the thing is too, like with the statism, like, yeah, they want, you know, it's 
convincing a Republican that all drugs should be legal. You know what I mean? It sure. doesn't, you know, it's not going to impact them any, but, you know, mistatism. Mistatism. Damn right. My roads. All right, man. Well, we are at 44 minutes and 44 seconds. Wow. Beautiful. Um, what do you got to plug? Last thing to say. All right. So uh, the last, not necessarily the last episode, but the last time we were on, you were going to tell us about your military service. So why don't you go ahead and tell us about that? I thought we saved that for another episode because we're now at 45 minutes. We'll, we'll start the next episode with that. And then, then we'll I've, go got a, I've got a joke for you about some blue balls. Okay. Oh, they're metaphorical. I wanted to hear the story. Oh. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um, as far uh. as plugging goes, the Libertarian Party Veterans Caucus, uh, we already posted out. We're looking for regional coordinators. Mm-hmm. And just anybody that wants to get involved, let us know. Um, exciting things are happening. Partly, we're still in our primordial phase. We're still being formed and shaped. So if you want to be a part of that. Do you see that being libertarian stole our meme? Yeah, the one time you forget a watermark. Dude, so pissed. I'm so mad. I saw it on Instagram today and I was like, those motherfuckers. It had like 2,000 likes, like, you know, hundreds of shares. I'm like, you bastards. But uh, anyway. I mean, you could be sort of petty and be like, hey, guys, we're on the same team. Would you mind, you know, just putting on there, giving us the credit or asking them to come check us out? My name is Braxton, by the way. Uh, I commented, and I was just like, uh, for more content like this, follow Libertarian Party Veteran Caucus. But that's fair. Oh well. Respect that. Yeah, libertarian or being libertarian's been been laying the groundwork for many many years. I don't want to criticize what they're doing. So absolutely. Um, all right, guys, we'll go to like nataliebruno.com. Follow Natalie Bruno on everything. Um, obviously, follow not a real libertarian if you're not following that. The Oklahoma Libertarian Party. Right now, we are having an awesome social media face-off with Texas, which we are currently annihilating them as far as the meme quality goes, if I don't say so myself. Um, and it's just going to get better from here. So please follow the OKLP. And we is will see a, you guys. Is oh. there a specific hashtag they can follow on that to find that thread? Hashtag Red River Rivalry. But it Red might River be Rivalry. lost in the sauce. Yeah, you might have honest. to sift through some silly uh, sporting stuff, but it's there. Texas will bend the knee. Yes, they will. All right, guys. Well, thanks for watching. We will see you next week on Not a Real Veteran. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Welcome to episode 5 of the 